0: Any one of them tenors. Go <laughs> ahead, go ahead, treasure No, let's it. In.
1: My voice don't to, even go that. Let's far. Just
0: try it again. Welcome to the Justice Podcast. Tenors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was Woo. deep. I think that was about baritone. Woo! All right, know.
0: y'all. The Justice chorus is coming soon. <laughs> was, um, be on the lookout for our joyful joyful routine we gonna bring that in first
2: <laughs> yes yes i killed that, one. I, killed that one. I was trying to get <laughs> Oh, don't say that, Treasure. Do <laughs> not say that. I was trying to get you to sing Joyful Joyful in the subway the
1: train <laughs> In New York. I'm not doing that. That's, the, you? Only,
2: that's the best place to do
0: it. it uh, is the best say place to no one's paying you no
1: mind. It. But it's so, not even York. the train. It was the bus station
0: <laughs> right
3: now. <laughs>
0: you never know when it's opportune time to break out in song. Mm. I sung melodies from heaven in front of Daniel Caesar, and he told me I had the voice of an angel did oh, you really when did that happen yeah so so you know okay i'm i'm gonna abbreviate the story because we got to get into this but um we booked them for one of the concerts we were doing on campus and um we got to meet them backstage and before we meet them i was singing with my little group just like cutting up and shit and we, okay. right we just playing around and we sung that song he came around the corner and he was like that sounded really great and i was like I'm a star, okay, yes. I'm a star. Even though he's low-key canceled now, but I'ma what? just hold up to that moment. Yeah, Dan music has some off-the-wall shit, per usual,
2: but. Yeah, I don't know much about him as an artist, but I was playing Japanese denim yesterday.
0: Right, voice, voice really cute, but he now nah, he says some problematic stuff about, uh, you know, black folks just need to align with the winning team and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think, was, uh, I'm paraphrasing it, but I was like, okay, Next. Next Next. case. Any which way. On today's episode, you got us. It's just us three this time. I know we've been going through weeks of having, you know, special guests adding to the crew. But back like we never left, you got me, Jeremy.
2: Danielle SP. And Treasure B,
0: And our train has finally came to... Uh-huh. A hole.
2: Right
1: yeah, a little pause.
0: Refueling
2: at the station.
0: I mean, I, I train on Experience Designs game came to a pause. And
2: What'd you say? <laughs> you just had a
0: know. whole
2: train accident.
0: I honestly think I'm delu- a little bit delusional today. I think my cap's been on too tight, and I think it's giving me a. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think it's I giving know. me a, a nice. bit of a like. I'm, I think I might be in a, in a concussive state because of mm-hmm. how tight I want my cap today. And it's, so it's like constri- like constricting it. Mm-hmm. Any which way, today we're wrapping up. <laughs> today we're wrapping up um, experiences on is and really diving down deep into what we learned over these past five or six weeks.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's been a couple of months now, or a month. Now, uh, since we started, since we started this journey, but what was y'all's high points starting out?
2: I feel like we interviewed Toby so long ago, like it's yeah. crazy. But I was excited to see what was actually out there. Like after mm-hmm. interviewing with people, maybe there's jobs I wasn't thinking about, mm-hmm. or perhaps there's opportunities that really suit me that mm-hmm. weren't presented like as something I could do.
1: For me, I think it was just like learning other people's perspective on what they felt experience design was and how that contrasted with how I felt.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it should be defined, but I thought overall, like this experience was super dope. We never interview different
0: people. What was y'all sort of like expectations going into it? Cause you know, for us, we went through two years of trying to learn what experience design is. Then we sort of shot ourselves in the legs and we were like, we don't get it. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is, we do get it, it's just a lot to get, you know,
3: yeah. Yeah. it's a
0: lot to sort of unpack. So what were y'all, I guess, going into this, what was the expectation of, okay, at the end, I should be like this, or I should have this understanding?
2: I think it was unrealistic to think that there was a simple way to boil it down for people, yeah, sure. that they would understand all of the elements of it, like, in a mm-hmm. life version. I just don't think that's mm-hmm. possible anymore. Um because I don't know if it's, like, a what is type of question. I think it's mm. more like a how can, you know, like, like yeah. situation. I
1: feel that. I feel that. My expectation going in, though, I just felt like everybody was going to have their own um, thoughts on what experience design was, and that's actually what ended up happening. Like, everybody sees it differently. And like you said, mm. it's like, it's a how can versus a what is, like. How can we use experience design to make this better? Or, you know, it's more so a tool versus
2: a a, a thing. It's funny you say that, Treasure, because it occurred to me like like midway through my journey that design isn't like like when they say best practices, there's mm-hmm. not like a a book where there's a best practice recorded. It's really like a lot of trends, like a lot of like oh, we saw this, and that was hot, and like, let's try that, like, that was cool, like, and everyone kind of gets on board, and it's really more, like, socially influencing, mm-hmm. you know, design field, and I think that's how it is with experience design, it's like, there's not really a definition, like, everyone's kind of rolling with it, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: <laughs> that, like, it kind of sucks in a way, but it's also very rewarding, and, and the reason I said that it sucks is because everyone has a different sort of opinion on it, or different view about how it is. So when it goes to explaining it to somebody or even, you know, trying to get a job and whatnot, it becomes confusing because then you're like, I see it, you know, we have people say, I see it as a labyrinth versus I see it as, you know, an intimate dance between this, that, and the third. Mm -hmm. Um, and that expectation is different because depending on who you talk to, you have a whole different view of the perspective. And that's why I also think it's like rewarding because what other Sort of field, can you have this breadth of diverse sort of opinions and perspectives on the same thing and how they approach problem solving and whatnot?
2: Right. One of our guests said it really awesome too that this situation of quarantine and like nothing's going to be the same. Like retail spaces are not going to be the same. Online deliveries aren't going to be the same. So everything about what we were doing. Has become more prominent and become like a lot more of an opportunity to at least show people like, "Hey, this is how to explain the mechanics of this," just like we were with Target. Mm-hmm. That's a silver lining. I wasn't expecting that.
0: But a, a silver lining in, in in the quarantine?
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I've, I've found have found many to be honest, mm-hmm. like especially when it comes to brands. But I think that one is 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 interesting and unique because it gives us a real problem to solve like we like to meet people's needs and there is a very serious need that people need and like brands were, are willing to like take our expertise because it mm-hmm. makes a difference it's, it makes a huge difference and mm-hmm. we always knew it did but mm-hmm. it wasn't something that had that much reward you know right but, i mean it could save lives while well, we started this whole thing we was talking about Like accessibility and like physical things and the man who had to Mm -hmm. go all the way down three subway stops to get up the stairs like yeah (laughs) it is like it means something to people to think into your designs but now it's like like not like people are watching to see how people are gonna make these designs now it's like a spectator Mm -hmm. sport
0: right it's i think it's gonna be interesting after you know we move into the next period of quarantine um whatever that looks like what sort of things that we applaud and and that we like be quiet we're gonna gonna get out eventually (laughs) never gonna
1: end jeremy this whole experience is like reshaping like the world and like society and like everything that we do like Mm -hmm. i feel like you said sp i don't feel like it's ever gonna end i feel like and if and when it does i feel like we're always gonna have this like monkey on our back like is corona here do we have to go back mm-hmm. into quarantine? Are they going to shut everything down? You too close to me, back up. You know, like, it's going to be weird. So I don't know.
0: I forget I forget who they said the best, but they said, look at the moments where there is strife to sort of figure out um, who you are in the moment. Um, I think I'm another like one of our friends that, that said that. But I think it's interesting now because we're in a moment of strife and we're in a moment where a lot of stuff is going on and a lot of things are breaking, like right before our eyes. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see, like, it almost feels, feels like the layers of a lot of stuff is getting peeled back and mm-hmm. their true selves are being revealed the deeper and deeper we get into quarantine. <laughs> um, and that to me is exciting because like, okay, this is, presents opportunities to sort of, we push the limits on a lot of stuff
3: mm-hmm.
0: and now we have to fix them because we covered them up with duct tape You know, and no one acted like there was anything going on. Like, it's gonna be really interesting, for instance, how stores are redesigned to, you know, um, to combat people's newfound behaviors that I need to keep a distance from other people, or like I have to walk in with a mask and like things like that. Like, that is weird to think that the world is gonna change right before your eyes and you're in it while it's changing.
3: One
1: thing I I do like that this whole six foot distance and social distancing thing brought up like a good point was um, in American culture we already have this this culture of being giving people personal space but in other cultures like they don't really see anything like valid like in that like giving people personal space like they don't have that that social cue so okay. I wonder how it will be in other countries like how how is it How is quarantine changing other places that we're not living in?
2: I would love to do a whole mini series on how quarantine will change things. Like, that shit has been blowing my mind. I was listening to a jam in the car yesterday and I was just like, when is the next time I'm gonna be able to go anywhere twerking? Ever. You know, like, we're never gonna be able to be at a party. We didn't appreciate it. You know how they say youth is Mm -hmm. wasted on the young? You know what? (laughs) There are people
1: out here that are partying. And, um, like, this is not happening. That was it's just
0: not us.
3: It's
0: not
1: us. And are we are we living in fear, or are are we just are we? No,
0: we're living partying? in education. That's really let li- Let me ask <laughs> <me
1: stop>. like, <laughs> like I've been seeing so many people out at the club, and I'm like, dang, is it just me that's over here just mm-hmm. waiting for life to go back to normal, and it's not.
2: Honestly, like. People like really been waiting, wanting to like burn off some steam. Like we've been stressed collectively as a people, like I can't yeah. really fault them, but at the same time you won't catch me out there. You yeah, know,
0: not that's a, I think that's the whole thing. Like, how do you, you know, as a person that is designed, let's say I was designing, you know, a store or a retail space. Do I cater to like, which group is the outlier? Is it the group, <laughs> you know, like, is it the group that's in the home and then they're going to ease, you know, they're going to ease into coming back out and expect things to be different or I cared it to my group that didn't care anyway and was just out regardless and didn't change their social habits. Mm-hmm. Like how do you balance like that opportunity?
3: I
1: don't you
0: know. know. Who's I don't
1: know. Money? I went to a restaurant. I'm not like, I think this was last week. Um, and it was strange. Like, they weren't they didn't practice any they weren't practicing any new habits and then when they were cleaning like they tried to see this at a table that wasn't clean and we like nah, dog you gotta clean this <laughs> table like it's coronavirus out here and then that just made me realize i don't need to be out here at all right so i'm gonna just stay in the house right but there's people right. who don't care
2: and it's like mm-hmm. see and that's where we can make a lot of difference because if you if the brands who gain people's trust of like i know that i can go eat at this place and it's not going to be an issue because i've seen them doing their thing you know (laughs) like those are the people who are going to be coming out on top of this yeah
0: but that's what i'm also
2: saying no new safety procedures
1: no let me tell y'all they was cleaning with like windex Mm -mm. they had masks on that was it
0: Mm -mm. right but i mean that's the thing that's like exciting about this but is those type of situations are things that some of us get to think about every day Mm -hmm. you know and i think there is no playbook for what we're going through right now and it kind of level set the table for a lot of us because we can you know look at it with a fresh set of eyes because no one has the rule book for what to do or how to design you know stuff moving forward for a, a pandemic i feel like we're just laying the tracks as trains i think i go back to what sp is saying about like there's a Looking at the silver lining and all of this, the silver lining is I will have more. I might have a job, you, you know, like things like that. There'll be more opportunities in different spaces.
2: Do y'all watch the Trolls movie? You know oh, the wow. gray, the gray, I seen one.
1: the new one, but I've seen the
2: other uh, one, the gray one. Who didn't want to sing, Brand. No. Mm-hmm. You didn't watch Jeremy? You gotta watch. Trolls
0: look so trashy.
2: To no, me. it was good. It was a fun was film. A
0: Number one or two.
2: The first one. I haven't seen the second one.
0: Keep this on. this so metaphor
2: it. is unnecessary for me to share what I was sharing. I just thought that you would know.
0: I mean you'd be staying with the you be staying with the, these metaphors that be having this breach through the galaxy to, to find the night. <laughs> <Right.
2: laughs> <laughs> Don't do like, it. Back in,
0: like it back in.
2: <laughs> okay. In the Trolls movie.
0: Wait, you, have, you you remember that SpongeBob thing that you did? I got my ass <laughs> out for that. Okay, I rocked with that metaphor. I was in there like, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. Know what?
2: everyone else liked the metaphor. <laughs> he didn't like the metaphor. I still have the fucking papers here,
3: okay?
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. Woo. Okay. So, Branch was the one troll who wasn't happy and singing all the time. He was kind of like a doomsday prepper and like very grumpy. Mhm because like so he had a bad experience. I'm not going to spoil it for everyone. He had a bad experience. He didn't even like to sing anymore. So he just spent his whole life, his whole identity was being this like grumpy, curmudgeon type person. Like one day, the Bergens are going to come and get us.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So that has been my existence. The, the long story of this is, I need to figure out a way to reinvent myself because before the world came to a crashing halt,
0: I was- Wait, is way. that where this story was leading yeah. to? How you <laughs> I
2: need to reinvent myself. <laughs> myself because then it happened that's the thing then it happened he was proved right and then he was just like all right like now fucking what and he had to like regain new perspective and like change his relationship towards singing i feel that way because i have been wanting to watch the world burn since i could learn how to read and was like what the fuck is happening here like Mm -hmm. none of this make no damn sense right but now like we all acknowledge that and we all are like trying to come up with solutions for how to change it so now i can't just continue to be like mm, y'all know what's good for you like society like look at all these injustices look at all these inefficiencies and system. like like i'm gonna have to figure something else out i need a new shtick like one that's more productive than that because right. clearly that's the case
0: okay <clears throat> so after going through this journey of learning about you know the expansive nature of experience design what are you adding into your version 2.0 into your redesign hmm and this one for you to think about okay. too so are you are you redesigning yourself?
2: Yes, okay. I am. And yeah. I have a good answer. Um, <laughs> okay. recently, I realized this. I need to stop thinking so much and do more, physically do more because um like people who are building stuff for other people is where like that's what's needed. Like you can philosophize about lots of stuff, but like you have to be able to assist in some concrete way. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah same um in my version 2.0 i guess you could call it um i don't know i don't really don't know it's, it, i'm still thinking about who i want to be and, and what i need to do in order to get there but my first step was just like i started therapy over quarantine and i think that's been like one of the,
0: the of personal growth
1: yeah like that's like one of the greatest things I could have done for myself because I think that it allows me to get other things out of my mind to make space for Mm -hmm. creativity.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, um, I have a friend who's a therapist. I caught up with her the other day. I was asking her how her clients have been Mm -hmm. and she was like, yeah, definitely I've had to like help like, you know, calm people down and whatnot. But for other people who like had anxiety um it wasn't too too bad because they were already spending all their time worrying about everything anyways now it's like they actually have something real to worry about (laughs) and we can help
0: them with like some real scenarios and give them something productive
2: Hmm. yeah
0: so adding on to our sort of redesign i I know we all sort of call ourselves experienced designers Mm -hmm. and going through this we saw the gamut of folks we saw product designers user experience designers um experience designers like all that stuff does any one facet fit y'all more or less and why
2: Hmm. oh go go ahead treasure
1: oh so for me you know the episode with toby really kind of opened my eyes to to the possibility because at first Mm -hmm. i didn't think i wanted to be a product designer at all like Mm -hmm. i didn't know I didn't know really what I wanted to do, but I knew, like, I didn't think product design was something that I would be interested in because I didn't want to just be like, oh, yeah, I work on apps. Right. Um, But he actually, when he talked about it, how it's like in and in and you kind of get to work on the strategy and you get to work on the product and the UI and like the visual, I think that it kind of interested me more to like... Mm-hmm able to seek out roles in product design versus when he talked about UX and UI, he was like, Yeah, mm-hmm. if you go be a UX designer somewhere, you're gonna probably be pushing out wireframes. And I'm like, I don't know, I don't want to do that. Yeah. But
3: yeah. All mm-hmm. right.
0: I think I'm starting to see like and the same vein as you where I'm starting to see the split in the type of work I want to do versus the type of work I do I want to do on like a day-to-day basis.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and I think that I want to be a product designer in that sense, but save the experience designer part for what I do outside of work. Because yeah. I think I have divergent interests that can sort of lend to an experience designer and not a product designer. But <laughs> I enjoy products and getting to like really dive deep into a problem and knowing to like add a breath. And so I think doing that, you know, for a company or like a product that you love is super, is super valuable but I think I want to keep like, okay, my experience is on sort of thing, or, you know, I'm working on this side thing is doing this to myself.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so that it can fulfill both of these buckets. that I'm sort of looking for mm-hmm. But, and I think the person that really like ignited that was like Stanley, when I mean, he was, or well, Stanley and Ashley, they were both like, you know, find what you love to do and then do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't always do that with a job. Like, if you can, that's great. You know, like, I think something that's, my parents all of us how we want to make space for others um and that's something that we might not be able to do in our career path in the same way that we want to do outside of that you know
3: right
0: Um, right so that's like okay well let me see how i can design certain situations where i can make space outside of my career Mm -hmm. um, and whatnot so i'm definitely starting to see this not diverging of myself like these two sides that um sort of playing with and figuring out how to like show up for
2: you know jeremy beyonce was starting out in beauty pageant you know and she at where she has ended up mm-hmm. it's similar things that she's doing like it is it's performing you know it is but it's completely different medium but they're not the same and one does not really like you know they're not related so i think i see you as a star an emerging star trying to figure out like you just need your break you're like yeah. the big break that puts you on the map to where you're like okay well now what do i want to do next because i think <laughs> i think like like all of us have a lot of interests and now have the ability to have ideas in a lot of areas
0: right So, I, like, I definitely think we all are we all are searching for like our big break and you know this stuff's the stuff that happened happened and then it was like well when the hell is that big break going to happen um, and it gave us, it gave us more time to like dive deep and understanding the career path. Mm-hmm. but I think it also showed us all these infinite possibilities. And then it was like, well, where the hell is my platform, you know, gonna mm-hmm. even start at now? Because mm-hmm. I have so many different spots to start versus before I only knew about two or three and I could, you know, start there, like it kind of and then move on. But now right. all right, I had this big ass picture of all this other stuff, wouldn't like, I almost feel like I'm hindered a lot more, but I know, I don't know. Do y'all feel that way? Like I'm hindered. I feel like I'm hindered. I'm paralyzed a lot more because I know about the different options.
1: Yeah. I think that when you get too many options, you all, you try to weigh everything and then you just end up feeling like you're being stagnant and like, you're not really making a choice. But one mm-hmm. of the things that you said that really kind of just resonated with me is the fact that, you going to make space outside of your career in order to fulfill that experience design bucket. And I think mm-hmm. that it's really important because like thinking back on my whole like career and like undergrad and grad school and even working for a while, I think that whenever I was forced to do something that I was passionate about, I no longer was passionate about it. Right. Cause I felt like I was forced to do it, mm-hmm. but being able to have something for yourself outside of, you know, what you're getting paid to do and still be, and still have that passion. Mm
0: -hmm. I think that's
1: really important.
0: You know, that was a lesson that my therapist taught me. Uh, He told me I need to do a better job of protecting my passions Mm
3: -hmm. and
0: stop letting my passions creep into my work
3: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, because I was having a hard time figuring out, I know that first time I told him, but how my work is creative, you know, like I can't, you know, pick a part, I like to draw. So let me do this on a project, you know, things like that. Um, but I really had to sit down and figure out what am I going to reserve for Jeremy? Just like, just, just brings Jeremy happy on like the the day-to-day versus what will I allow a career, or other people to know that I can do or know that I can bring to the table. Yeah. Uh, and it it was a long time for me to sort of reach that understanding of, just because I can do it doesn't mean I have to do it.
2: I can understand the inclination to do that, though, Jeremy. Because mm-hmm. you kill two words with one stone. Like you see people getting like social media clout, or like their personal right. brand is what they're like capitalizing off of. So like right. more authentically aligned, everything is. I can that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. But I can understand why like you like if you're making it for other people, that takes some of the joy out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I I was feeling like even when I did do stuff for the enjoyment of myself, it wasn't joyful anymore because I felt like it was work. And y'all know me, I'm a very productive person. Um, And I always like to feel like I'm doing something. But even when I would just like draw my breaks or things like that, I felt stressed because I felt like I had a deadline to meet. Mm. and Or, you know, something else was riding on them. I was just, or versus me just trying to be out there and, and have fun and have some enjoyment with it.
2: Mm. Uh, so brought to you by the letter
0: j for joyful j for joyful right but I, but that i think song that... break hit <laughs> joyful, joyful,
3: joyful, joyful. Joyful. it you know, was... <laughs>
0: Bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, but i think it's important to make that distinction when it comes to you know in my understanding of what experience design is i've now learned that i can decide which parts i want to do versus which parts i want to keep for myself you know like I can say, I would like a career, for instance, as UX designer, but make the intention that I'm not going to do this skill because that's my happy time, you know? Or that's something I wanna do outside of this role. Um, and I think picking those different sort of buckets that you wanna do, like product design, UX design, industrial design, yada, 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 yada sort of helps you weave out the skills you want to be using on the daily versus the skills you want to reserve for yourself. I don't know who wants to reserve making wireframes for themselves on the day <laughs> but you know, for the for someone that's outright, for someone that's out there, it, it ain't me, but for, right. But for someone that's out there, that could be like, you know, I just, it just calms me down whenever I make a good wireframe here and there.
1: Yeah. I don't know about Who
0: that. Who says <laughs> that? <Ew. laughs> nah, listen, listen. I said they might look be- boring. What you there mean? Might be- <laughs> there might be somebody that just likes doing that, <laughs> and like, you know, I don't know people.
2: Right. There's lots of people. Cool. Um, so- people are secretly glad they got laid off from that shit.
1: Hey, but there are people that are secretly glad. Like this is gonna give them that opportunity to pivot you know, where they, they always felt like, oh, I have to have this job because I got bills to pay. I got a family. I got this. I got that. But if they were laid off during this time and they've always wanted to pivot, I think that this isn't a good opportunity for them to be able to mm. do that. That's One, not- pick up on That's- new skills to
2: apply them to their career and like re where they want to career. So. Treasure, help me pivot. I'm trying to pivot into a money-making person girl <laughs> I told you you're,
0: you're, in a, you're in a money-making career
2: exactly. i've already told you what you
1: gotta do you gotta you already told you sp you are a no. product manager
0: sell pictures or, of
1: on the internet i listen i just tweeted that the other day i'm gonna start <laughs> selling pictures of my feet and my lips to people in my dms on instagram because
0: i already said that i'm gonna start selling bath water
3: ew like,
1: somebody <laughs> buy that
0: See and I'm saying y'all are going for the feet pick market saturated.
2: You're right. Yeah. No. The right. These are divine toes, okay? These toes. It's not her <laughs> brand. Not not divine toes. Divine toes by
0: treasure. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can see the brand now, girl. You have you have the big toe in the logo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> why did it come out looking like the baby fat logo? Like, right, right. in
0: the it, would, it would have one little sparkle. That'd be that'd be the motion like Divine Toe. It's that sparkle on the design
2: anyway. It's
0: that sparkle <laughs> on the design. So listen, <laughs> if I see a startup called Divine Toe, I know who it is.
1: <laughs> and it ain't gonna be mine, it's gonna be somebody that listened to this podcast and that's gonna steal my idea. <laughs> Bye. that is that that's the idea that's like you know that idea you always got in the back of your mind like if this don't work out this is how i'm gonna make money next mm-hmm.
3: yeah.
2: so on that uh, i know we were just talking about jobs and roles product manager for me um i don't know if i ever told you guys i'd be inventing shit. and in this quarantine i've been like filling up my little notebook with all my little business ideas like for other people and like like mm-hmm. products that i would like to make that's been kind of fun. Maybe well, I can you made
1: that,
2: that, uh, Marshmallow that, roaster.
1: Yeah. The marshmallow roaster out of the tea light candle. I said, she's an innovator. She Innovative. just doesn't know
2: it yet.
0: <laughs> no, but like, I think these things are important because something that, you know, one of our guests, Ashley said is when she, when she was talking about protesting is it needs all those wheels and a call to be successful. You know, you got to find your place and then get into place. I mm-hmm. think that's the same thing when it comes to working in design and like collaborating, you know, we all don't have that. It seems like the expectation is, you have to be able to do it all. Mm-hmm. But when you have a team, you know, we all need to find our place and sort of play in that system. Right. So for USP, it might be, you know, I might not be able to execute on the idea, but I have the ideas. And so mm-hmm. I might need someone in my team that can execute on the ideas that I have, right. you know, um, I, there's value in being able to do it all, but it's like, we work in such a collaborative nature anyway there's time to lean on each other's when each other's superpowers are, you know, necessary. I think we talked about that earlier, where it's like, you know, lean on lean on the superpower and make that one stronger when it's necessary, and when it's not, let it fade back a little bit. Right. Um, but something you did mention, Charger, was pivoting. Mm-hmm. So for those that are interested in pivoting into experience design and getting into this sort of thing, Ooh. what... The, what? Hmm. Can you how- pivot into
2: this? I think you can.
1: I think I think we can. I think um I think you could definitely pivot into UX or like experience design. There there are tons of books on creating like habit forming products. So like Hooked.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's one of the books that I'm reading right now. Um, you can even read that sprint book to, to you know really understand design thinking there's a plethora of uh resources available to you uh, about how much time do you want to allot. and i think we <laughs> didn't have to pay to go to school but we paid to go to school for the convenience of all the information being given to yeah. us in package
0: treasure me i think me and you had this conversation one time um where we were outweighing like the cost of going to school versus the cost of like doing stuff on our own
2: I wouldn't have done half of the things if someone wasn't forced right it. Yeah. And, I, and that's what
0: i'm saying like if you have the if you're able to pay for it that's a route if you're gonna put money into it really vet that program really figure out what you're going to get out of it and if that's going to get you to your next goal what we pay for is really the convenience of having it packaged and for us not having to find that you know find as much information as we um as we could have and then sort of be putting on that track into getting into this career and you know that might it might not work for everybody that way um right. for whatever reason you know some people you know might have to read books i might have to do this, this that, and the third but i think there is ways to pivot into this career if that's what you want to do
1: i recently like i i'm gonna be honest with y'all hopefully uh they don't try to post this episode <laughs> <laughs> i've been thinking like dang i really feel like maybe i made the wrong choice for this particular program
3: mm-hmm. because
1: I don't think it was centered the way that my initial goal was set up.
3: Mm-hmm. But
1: I do appreciate everything that I've gotten. I think it, it opened my eyes to different opportunities and different ways to think versus it being so rigid.
0: I think that's a fair assessment. You know, whenever someone asks me about the program that we went to um, and whether they should do it, I'd never give them an answer. I always and that's not because like, y'all know me, like I love my experience there. I think I had a great time, but I also did not know what I finally wanted to do. Like I didn't know what experience design was really coming into it. Like I didn't have a grasp of it at all. I just knew I did not want to go to work um, right, after, right after I graduated from undergrad. And I was like, I need something where I can be contained and still, you know, be creative and whatnot. So I appreciated it because I didn't have that expectation. But I think for those who know what they want there are different programs and there's different ways. And that's why I said earlier, like you really have to do a good job about vetting out what your needs and wants are. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if this program that you're going into, and that's any program will satisfy that.
2: I think a very, uh, like a good program would be one that helps you find that out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, like if that, like the frontier of education or the frontier of like this field, like I think that they would need to incorporate some type of like, Like let's really like understand what makes you tick because we know like people feel more happy with their jobs when they feel that they're contributing and they feel like their talents are being used.
0: I knew about experience design, like the little I knew from seeing like the tech stuff and being like, that's interesting. But I did not know the advertising version of that. Um, And I feel like I gained that understanding and then was like, I don't know if I want to do, you know, that sort of thing. I think my skills still last in this area. Um, but, I, I mean, I think it's interesting how anyone can sort of pivot into this field if they want to and they find the resources and, you know, can, can like p- pull it off. But, I, you know, I think it's a field that on the outside values having people from different walks of life, True. different sort of, you know, backgrounds and things like that. Because, uh, like, even, I don't know if we ever talked about our backgrounds going into this, but like we're all designers now, but I started out in IT and doing web development. Um, mm-hmm. Treasure, you did-
1: Digital marketing and like web design.
0: Yeah, and SP was a-
2: So I've been doing everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this journey for me was more kind of more organic and more linear than it was for both of y'all. Cause SP, you worked you work with uh, social workers. Yeah. That is an organic pathway experience design because most programs like uh or most jobs if you read their job description they take people with psychology backgrounds like that's what they want people who understand how people think and how people operate Hmm. if you ever like if you look at a ux job description uh they'll be like you uh, have a degree in hci or psychology or something like that because those people really understand uh consumer behavior
0: i met a ux designer um last summer that was a lawyer and mm. then decided you know they wanted to take those skills and become mm. designer and then they were out here designing and you know uplifting other people and trying to get more people into design i was like that is a very that made me sort of appreciate what i was doing more
2: how was their crossover between like like were they doing something legal or was it was there like a, a core a, th- a thread there
0: I'm trying to remember our conversations that we had because I, I sat down and asked her about it. I was like, that's fucking interesting. She saw the opportunity and was like, I think this is something where I can apply my skills and then sort of um, show them that she could do it and show them that she was, you know, a viable asset to the team and whatnot. Every time I worked with her, I was like, I really just admire, you know, the way that you think about things because they're coming from, they're pulling on a whole different range of experiences that, you know the rest us don't have because well we're all not lawyers we're all not doctors like i would like to meet a doctor that you know became a, became a designer
2: you know what you guys have sold me i think it would be a positive thing like to encourage more people to get involved in experience design because even if they were a doctor for example like experience design could be applied to the justice system or to even your right. services you know like just just to be mindful of different situations people are in like there's a lot that could be done think about the way people try to make bail that is a hot ass fucking mess right like it's a hot mess like you're trying you try to call and you you know it's
0: like is there a different way this could be right. <laughs> and it's sort of like who is going to handle these problems you know it's not all the time like we see advertising agencies sometimes you know taking on these pro bono initiatives and these work you know the adios to sort of tackle these big more systematic things but it doesn't have to be that way you right. know it could be we're a group of lawyers turn designers that want to tackle this problem that we're passionate about. And that's why I think it's you know, when I, when I go back to saying, I like now having my day job is doing this, but then my night job is being an experienced designer. I think that's where those sort of passions intertwine. Um, and I think it was Carl that said, you know, you know, he coined the term. I'm, I'm going to give him his ducats for this. Um, mm-hmm. but the rise of the blue collar experience designer or the, mm-hmm. the rise of the blue collar designer. Um, I think that's an interesting thought to think how in a couple of years from now, we can have so many different pockets of UX within all these different systems, and all these different things, and we're appreciating, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, I feel that.
3: Hmm.
1: From
0: being there, it's just, I don't know, it's exciting to think of it that way. I don't, and, and at first, when he first said it, I kind of was like, damn, blue collar, I don't want to be that. Um,
1: well, and, blue collar isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just common,
0: right? And and then that's the way I started thinking about it. I was like, blue collar is common, but like necessary work. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm starting to think about you know our bigger thing here is that you know this is blue collar, but this is necessary work because people value experiences,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and people pay for better experiences. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So if there if there are ways to fix and it. Yeah. Right. And now it's like it's and it's expected at this point. You know, we all have phones in our pockets that work great. So it's like a bad experience. I think there's more people now that can spot that shit out, and we will call you out for it.
1: For sure. For sure.
0: Um. Yeah. So, so it's important. But you know, to wrap up this sort of train that we're going on, this rigmarole, I think we did challenge ourselves to give one sentence of what experience design was or is if we had to you know come to this grand conclusion of things um what would that sentence be
2: experience design is business consulting for the marker moments
0: Mm. unpack that one from a girl
2: helping a brand like make their decisions for marker moments that they have the opportunity to show differentiation, like with a customer, just like on a date, you know, like what you're wearing, or like, Mm -hmm. you know, like how you are, like there's lots of things that can entice somebody. We help them do that, put their best look forward.
0: In the wise words of Scissor's grandma, is that your story and you sticking to it? Yeah. I'm still gonna keep mine sort of similar, building all those pieces that that define, a brand, an object, a product, relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true to me because I'm a big relationships person. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's just how I see experience design is like we built, we set those pieces up to create this image of our brand in people's minds and build that relationship with them. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I think for me, experience design is how brands or even people leverage touch points to connect with other people
3: mm.
1: i feel like it could go it doesn't just necessarily have to be a brand um i feel like people sometimes are their own brand so how do how they how do they leverage each touch point um in order to
2: connect with others so we're talking about connecting and relationship building like I definitely see that in the way that we're approaching things. But I wonder if that's how it's consumed. Like, do, like, I know it's a relationship. I know people have nostalgia for brands, but it almost seems like it's more about impressing people than it is for like genuinely showing like care and concern for them. You know, like, I don't, I think, know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but.
1: I think that's how you hook people though.
2: Yeah. For sure. <laughs> like, um, Giving the ugly girl a makeover. Now she's hot. So you can see that she had...
1: She it. always had potential. You just, <laughs> never, you just never saw it because of how she presented herself. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I think when you talk about relationships, SV, um, I think it's definitely more something that we think about passively. Mm-hmm. It's not... I don't I really think about the relationship that I have with brains, you know, as a consumer or as somebody that uses technology things things like that. But it's almost as if, like, it's that psychological thing that keeps you using it. A lot of it's out of necessity, like I have to use this portal to pay my bills. I have to do this and the third. Um, but it means something more when you can say, I have to do this, but the experience is great. You know? Yeah. I think having that difference in relationship there is what experienced designers do. It's figuring out how how do we get more of those, I love doing this service, even if it's paying my bill, you know, which is a hard thing to get people to love, versus. I fucking hate this shit. It always is broken and I have to pay this any which way. It kind of
1: reminds me of those automated voice systems. I hate those things. Like how can how can they make them better? Can we just get rid of them? Cause like I hate talking to those things. It's paying somebody's bills, girl. It is. And they're doing a terrible job at designing that experience. That's what
0: I'm saying. Like it's about building those those moments and defining those moments for people. Um so they have a better relationship with it. Even if it's not something you're thinking about all the time. I think it's definitely something that we're all thinking about.
2: Yeah. passively.
0: In yeah. Our I mind.
2: definitely, I see that. It's like making an impression on somebody. Like, yeah, like you know. Like,
0: right. It's it, it drives your unconscious choices, you know. When you're on the street and you're like, fuck, I'm hungry. And the first thing that pops your mind is this. It's because of your experience. At least to me, I think. I that know. you've had with this brain, you know. Yeah. It's one part I might just want chicken. But yeah. the other part might be, okay, you know, you we're factoring so many things in our mind this time. Convenience, how fast am mm-hmm. I gonna get through? It. Is the food gonna be hot? I think it to be nice. You know, it
2: tastes better things when things. it was
0: clutch, too. Yeah. Open, they brought it to you. Like, mm-hmm. Like all these things factor into your everyday unconscious decisions about how you sort of character things. And mm-hmm. I think working in that place, we can sort of define people's relationships with the world around them, you know, and the things they interact with is interesting
1: yeah um and before we wrap up i think we uh we kind of got to acknowledge how our train got derailed a little bit y'all <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> <Our>
0: <laughs> train got so derailed she we didn't, had to derail she derail. didn't get derailed she stayed relevant okay yeah that's that's, that's what happened she that's made the necessary happened. pit stops
2: i think it was important that it got derailed though because the community that we were trying to join you know like we weren't expecting for everything to fall apart right now But, like, of us trying to, like, learn more about it, like, we realize that all this fell apart is going to be rebuilt and all these things that people are talking about is going to be, like, what we need to address and touch on. So, Mm -hmm. I guess it
0: works. And the other part to that is we're people still at the end of the day. (laughs) And I think that this stuff affects our lives and affects how we show up as designers. And I think that's important to sort of always acknowledge that, yeah, we're having these conversations about X, Y, and Z, but... It's all impacts us as well. True. Our, you know, opinions on stuff. It might've been like, you know what? Fuck, I don't wanna work with this no more. Now I wanna go give my talents to this.
1: Before we went on quarantine and everything was shut down, I was speaking with the company and they were like, yeah, no, we don't really do uh, work from home. We don't do virtual work. Like, I feel like everybody needs to be in the office because it's a culture. So now that everything is shut down, they're hiring again for different positions and different roles, and they're like, "Yeah, so we're thinking about just going completely remote forever." And I'm like, oh, "Yes, just, yeah, like so." This quarantine is changing, 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 changing.
2: I would love to go to the Bahamas.
1: I mean, I would love to go anywhere if I can work from anywhere mm-hmm. every every month. Mm-hmm. I would just go mm-hmm. island hop. Mm-hmm. You'll my coin.
0: I think that's gonna be an interesting space to figure out like how do you keep a company culture going and yeah. we're not together? Like yeah. I feel like so much of a company is about those moments together. Like how do you recreate them when they are apart? And I'm not saying this can't be done. I just don't know. Is there someone I it it? yeah, is there someone that's doing it great? I would like to know. You know, I would like to know, like, what, what are their learnings? Because earlier today, we talked about experiences. Or this holds up being a lot of opinions, mm-hmm. um, but it's also about, like, putting out school of thoughts and then people sort of flock to it. So I want someone to put out some school of thought around what they've learned about re- remote culture and how they have designed a better experience for their employees.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That That's the white paper I would like to see.
2: I want to know if people will redefine work as well. I once read an article that they were saying take your hourly wage or whatever and how much time are you spending going to and from work and getting ready to go to work and buying clothes for work and going out for lunch with people and contributing to the holiday gift grab, whatever. Really deduct how much you make. You're going to have to address a lot of things, like not just that fact that we're virtual.
0: (laughs) All right, y'all. How do we feel about this journey wrapping up?
1: I thoroughly enjoy uh, speaking with people. Um, for one, I've never been in a situation where I had to interview people, and especially not over Zoom. So yeah,
0: it's been yeah. interesting. Uh, shout out to everyone that we had. You know, shout out to Toby Aluo, Ashley Glover. We had Carl Joseph and Stanley Hines. I think th- they all offered like different different perspectives, but we had a good ass black ass time.
3: We did. Um,
0: Exactly. With every single, right, with every single one of them. And it's also, I think for me, great to see so many people doing, so many black and brown folk, doing so many wonderful things. Um, yeah. I think we need that constant reassurance, you know? Like, cause we know we don't, but the world don't always know we don't. Um, so that, yeah. that, that for me was great, just like getting to catch up with them, hearing what they had to say, like they was rapping gems, like going through all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate that community. And appreciate them for you know giving us time to kiki and laugh and talk shit.
1: Yes, (laughs) yes, definitely. Shout out to the network.
0: Shout out to
1: the network. They they were dropping gems, man. I was, I, I really was feeling everything that they were saying.
0: I know when you're feeling stuff because you end up having no thoughts. That's 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 (laughs) (laughs) when you're feeling something. Her mind just be like. I, I don't She'd be know. actively listening. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> then listening be like, she gonna autopilot, girl. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Baby. That's what that is. Um, so yeah, today's episode was brought to you by, what's the letter?
2: J for joyful.
0: J.
1: Mm. Isn't that what we said? I like, like that one. Is, is that wow. what we said?
2: That's what I said. At one point, he was talking about saving his passions for himself and enjoying them and having joy and whatnot. And then you guys just talked about how much you enjoyed this mini-series. There oh, we go. J for and Joyful. We love that one.
0: Today's joyful. episode is brought to you by Joyful. The word, Joyful. No. Right. Hit it.
2: <laughs> no.
3: <laughs>
2: it was a duet. You saw Lauren Hill at the piano. No, her friend was, at the piano. Was exactly. <laughs> Anyway,
1: y'all. Uh...
0: As always, you can follow us on social media on Instagram at justus_podcast. To the fans, we love y'all. Dude. As always, we do. We really, no, I really appreciate. Like, anytime I get a message or things like that, it's like, yo, I listen to your podcast. Like, I can think it's dope. It just makes me feel like I'm doing the damn job. If you like what you hear, give us that five star rating mm-hmm. so we can, you know, bump the fuck up up the charts. We'll be back next week.
1: Yes, it's been real. (laughs) See y'all, or talk to y'all later.